BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. guys welcome back to a new episode of the bad broadcast i'm so happy that you're here i'm so happy to be recording this episode almost did not happen so let me walk you through kind of what happened this week so the last couple nights i <clears throat> have not been sleeping very well or pretty much at all because i was really nervous for the launch of my sweatshirts and i didn't know how that was going to go and i was staying up late and i was stressing myself out and i ended up like losing my voice a little bit like not all the way but you can probably tell i i'm a little bit raspier than normal and so i had an episode recorded and then i lost it i lost all my notes i lost everything for it because i'm stupid obviously and then i got super stressed because i was like well my throat kind of hurts and i sound a little bit raspy i don't think i'm going to be able to record I don't know what I'm going to record about. I didn't feel great about the episode I had recorded. Like I wasn't loving it. It wasn't super interesting. Like I can tell if I'm recording it and I'm not enjoying it that you guys are not going to enjoy it. So I wasn't feeling great about putting it out anyways. And then I lost it. Like right now, like it is Sunday at 5 p.m. right now. This is when I'm recording this. So luckily our hero, Matt, stepped in and he, it, it's so nice because he is also works in a creative field. You guys know he works in music and he has kind of gotten it down to a science, like how he gets out of creative ruts and how he pushes himself to work on things when he's got a close deadline and all of that. So he sat me down. This was like an hour. <laughs> this was like seriously an hour ago. Sat me down. He gave me a list of things to do. He, you know, we did a lot of stream, uh, stream of consciousness writing, which if any of you guys are ever in a creative rut, I think that's a great thing to do. He got me a little food, a little snack, a little caffeine. He got me back on my feet and he said, we are going to finish this episode. I don't care if it's, you know, Monday at 6 a.m. We are going to get this episode done. And he was right. We are going to get this episode done. So I asked a few of you, I had it up on my story for just a couple minutes and I told you guys I had lost the episode and asked what you guys wanted to talk about today. And you guys gave me a couple great answers. So again, this is going to be a whole um mixed bag of topics, but I think it's going to be a good time. So before we get started, I want to talk about the launch of the sweatshirt. So you guys blew me away. I could not, I'm going to get emotional talking about it. That's so embarrassing. Um, I'm just overwhelmed by the response because 
I and I think why I get overwhelmed from from this stuff is because I don't feel responsible for it because you guys are the ones who make the, make these things happen and you guys are the ones who you know post about it and tell your friends and you guys are so responsible for the success of anything that I do and I just I cannot tell you how much it means to me and the Dum Dum Club is did you hear my voice cracked is there the Dum Dum Club has become this really meaningful thing to me that I didn't expect it came out of something kind of silly but it's just become this very unpretentious place where we can just you know laugh at ourselves and make fun of the make fun of the dumb things we don't know and just be like as completely ourselves as possible. And that's really, really important to me. And I don't know how to say that. And I don't know really how to express it without it sounding like, a, you know, a shtick. Like, I don't know how to say it without it coming across like a Pinterest quote. But I really, I really did want this to become a place where you guys felt comfortable being 100% yourselves, no matter where you fall you know, in whatever category. And that's kind of what the Dum Dum Club was. And so to see your guys' response and that you wanted to, you know, participate in this, I just, it it could not have made me more happy, seriously. And it's important to me that I provide you guys with stuff that's worth your time and especially now your money. Like if you're going to spend money on something, I want it to be very worth it for you. Like I will hand package all of these. I pick out every single thing. I I pick out and make all of the little inserts. I do it all. And that's because I want it to be something fun for all of us. I want this to be, I just want this to be a good experience. And I want you guys to feel loved by me. Yeah, because you are. Sorry to get all weird and emotional. You guys know that I do this sometimes and I'm so sorry, but I just, I really can't take responsibility for this, this group that you guys have created. You guys are genuinely kind and funny and you treat each other. I love to see how you guys treat each other because obviously I get to interact with you guys one-on-one, you know, through messages or whatever it is. And then when we do like group things, like for example, the for this month of October, we did like movie nights on Sundays. I don't know if we're going to keep doing them. We might. But I just see how you guys talk to each other. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are the coolest, nicest people. And it's not in this, like, I, I don't know. I think that what's really popular right now is like this quasi feminism where you're pretending to build each other up, but you're actually waiting for the other person to fail. I think that we do this a lot. It's like this. It's just not it's just not genuine. It's like we spout off these women empowerment things. And then we really just feel threatened when another woman is doing something that we want to do. And I don't feel that with you guys. I feel like you guys are genuinely excited for the people in your life and the women in your life. And you just, you guys are the best. You guys are the best. I love you. I, I, <laughs> take, did I take it too far? Did I, do I need to like take you to dinner first before I tell you I love you? Anyways, I just feel so appreciative of everything you guys bring to the table. And this podcast and all of my content is just as much yours as it is mine. And I hope you know how genuinely I mean that, even though I'm saying it through a microphone into your ear holes. But I pretty much just wanted to create a platform that felt exactly opposite of Rachel Hollis's. Like that was my goal. Like I wanted you guys to feel the opposite about me as you do about her. You know what I'm saying? Let me, let's get into this because luckily for you guys, I'm recording this super late. So we talked about Rachel Hollis a little bit earlier today on my Instagram story. And now since I'm recording this Sunday night, 12 hours before this comes out, we get to get very, uh, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? We're like very up to date on my Instagram stories and what we talked about. So let me sum up Rachel Hollis's uh, platform or mindset. You guys asked me what I felt about her. I get I get these questions randomly every now and then because I think it's pretty obvious that that's not really my vibe. So you guys ask me sometimes. So let's get into this, what Rachel Hollis is all about. So pretty much her mindset. Um, are you sad? Too bad. You should just choose happiness. Are you fat? Ew. Don't be fat. Be thin. Are you feeling like you can't make a million dollars in the next year? Girl, go do the damn thing. What What is that saying? And why do so many of these mommy bloggers and quote unquote inspirational speakers say that sentence? We're just out here doing the damn thing. What does that mean? What What are you talking about? What? Why Why is that everywhere I look? I feel like it's people's go-to when they don't want to just fess up and say, I'm actually just really rich. Like that's what they should be saying. But instead they give you advice to just go do the damn thing. Like, no, I don't want to hear that one more time. They're always saying stuff like that, like very vague, like go for it statements. Like I'm just, I can't even put into words how sick I am of it. I really can't. I can't look at one more curly font Pinterest quote from some blogger that says something about making your dreams a reality. Like that's not how life works. That's not how you make things happen. Like Rachel Hollis's vibe is like, I just never let my dreams be dreams. Like my dreams were just too big to manage. What does that do for anybody? Is that helpful advice to any? Does anybody hear that and think, wow, I can do that? That's not even a real English sentence. That's just words that she put together. Like Rachel Hollis is the woman that says, if you're unhappy, that's on you. Like that's a direct quote from her. Like she genuinely says things like, if your life sucks, that's your fault, which I don't get at all for a lot of reasons. But I do like to take the opposite approach where if you're unhappy, it's probably somebody else's fault give me their name, give me their address, we write at dawn, okay? Rachel Hollis's entire book is just regurgitated Pinterest quotes and plagiarized content from other women. How about that? How about the fact that the majority of the things she writes have already been written by other women, including Maya Angelou? That's who she plagiarized. Girl, start apologizing. Start apologizing to all of us. One quote I read literally sums up the antithesis of what I believe. And she says, I'd rather offer the world my imperfect attempts at positivity than your perfectly articulated negativity. I feel like she's saying that to me. Like, I feel like she literally wrote that with me in mind. Like, you know that when you fall asleep with a sleepover, Rachel Hollis is the girl who's going to talk crap on you. You know it. So anyways, my perfectly articulated negativity is what I'm most proud of, to be totally honest, because you know what? Toxic positivity is what got us into this mess. It's what got us here where we are. Do you ever, when you hear people complain about social media and like the, you know, the harmful things that go on, do you guys ever, ever, ever hear somebody say, you know, she just, she complains a lot and I had to unfollow her. You know, she just, she showed me her messy house and I just don't like that. And I had to unfollow her or like her kids were naughty that day and I just had to unfollow her. No. Do you know what you do here all the time? wow, her life seems way too perfect. I need to unfollow her. Wow, I'm comparing my kids to hers because her kids seem perfect. I need to unfollow her. Like, no. People think that being positive is the answer. It's not. I swear, I will hang my hat on this. 
because let me tell you, I, I just wish people were more negative, not because I think that you should be sad, not because I think I don't think negativity equals sadness or anger. I think that when you can talk about the stuff that drives you crazy, it's so much easier to let go of. Have you ever had a best friend who like you go to talk to and you want to vent to and you're talking about your bad day? And then she's like, well, just cheer up. And you're like, oh, thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Why don't I why did I think of that? Let me write that in my mindfulness journal to just cheer up. No, we all want the friend who will just sit there, listen, commiserate, grab their pitchfork and be on our side. I, I just, I want someone, I want a friend who understands that the human experience is really hard. It's full of anxiety. And if we talk about the things that are hard, the quicker we can resolve them and find things to laugh about. Because the reality is, is that the people who are telling you that you have nothing to feel sad about they are still dealing with sad things. They're telling you to look on the bright side and they're telling themselves to look on the bright side. And I think that like on a like on a psychological level, I'm not trying like this is not backed by science. This is backed by me, Dr. Murphy. Like they still go through them and then they don't process them. I swear. I I need somebody to back me up on this because that's what toxic positivity is. It's having something really hard go on in your life, like mental health, you know, death, all of these things that suck so bad. There's like no bright side. And then telling people, you know, you just really need to, have you tried not worrying about it? Have you tried just changing your attitude? No, Rachel Hollis, I haven't. Because you know what? That's not the reality. So anyways, I digress. But I'm just saying, what do you think is healthier? Having a bad thing happening to you, feeling it, working through working through it, complaining about it, laughing about it, or having a bad thing happening to you and pretending like it's awesome. What what feels healthier? Because if you ask me, having a bad thing happening to you, ha- having a bad thing happen to you and then pretending that it's awesome sounds like like what's that meant like dis, dis dissociation? I think that's what that is. Like not connecting the two. I don't know if that's right. Please don't come for me. I don't really know what that is. I just said that. <laughs> But anyways, I just think that it's healthier to just say that life is hard and wonderful at the same time, and it's okay to complain sometimes, all right? All right, so while we're on the topic of life trials, can we talk about clothes? Can we talk about clothes with zippers and buttons? Okay, like, we're done with those, right? I have fully checked out of any conversation about jeans. Like, a few months ago, I was looking for a comfortable pair of jeans, And then I realized that no greater oxymoron exists. A comfortable pair of jeans, any, like the most comfortable pair of jeans is still less comfortable than the least comfortable pair of sweats. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's not possible to find a pair of jeans that's comfier than the sweats I'm in right now. Like I'm done. I'm fully dedicated this winter to finding the comfiest clothes possible. I really do want to like dedicate my time to this and like, find comfortable clothes that make me feel good. Like not to mention I'm done with the amount of time I've spent looking at like style bloggers or Pinterest outfit ideas and being like, sweet, I can spend $350 on those pants and be sad. That's great. Not only are they expensive, they don't fit and they're uncomfortable. Like I've spent 27 years of my life trying to find clothes that flatter my body, which I don't even know what flatter my body 
looks like. The reality of it is, is that they want the the fashion industry wants you to think that you need to look thinner or smaller or whatever it may be, which is just not true. You don't have to dress a certain way. You have to dress what makes you feel good. And what makes me feel good are comfortable clothes with elastic waistbands and everything stretchy and like no requirement of a bra anywhere. 2020 definitely taught me that the my bras are the least essential thing I own. There, I can't think of one reason by like or buy them or wear them. Um, yeah. So this fall and winter, I will be sure to share with you as many cozy clothes as I possibly can because I'm so sick. If I see one more skinny jean with an over the calf boot and an oversized chunky knit sweater with a balayage hairdo with beach waves, I can't do it. I can't look at it anymore. Not to mention the fact that any, this is not a joke. I have never, never found a pair of boots that goes over the calf that fit my calves. Like never, no matter, the, even if it's like, like my shoe size or bigger, who, who has calves these thin? I mean, everybody, I guess, because you guys are wearing them, but yeah, never once have I, I'm, I'm an ankle boot gal, but that's because nobody makes normal sized calf holders, <laughs> not calf holders, boots that go over your calves. I've never been. Next time I'm at a store that has some, I'm going to put one on for you so you guys can see. I literally, I just look like a hot dog. Like it's just a hot dog getting zipped up into its casing. It's bad. So no, I'm done with uncomfortable clothes. Like I, like I have bigger things to worry about. I hope you guys are all on this, <laughs> on this train with me. I just realized that when I was talking about that, I was clenching the microphone so tightly and now my hand is cramping. Anyways, so yeah, no bras, no tight jeans, nothing that buttons, nothing with, oh, nothing with a clasp. Get out of here. If it clasps, I don't want it. I don't want to wear anything with the word skinny in it. Like not at all. Skinny jeans? No. Skinny fit? No. Slim? What's worse than a slim fit tee? Nothing. A slim fit V-neck tee makes me break out in hives. I will not be participating in that. Oh, man, I'm sweating. I am. I, I always say that after I rant, but you guys know that I get very overheated. So um, while we're on the topic of things that are non-essential, I really think it's time for us to get into my weekly bachelor review, bachelorette, whatever. So Claire is 100 years old, first of all, and she's also clinically insane. So this last episode of The Bachelorette, I even if you don't listen or even if you don't watch it, even if you haven't, you're, you know, you're not caught up, caught up, I can definitively say without a doubt that this past week's episode of The Bachelorette was the worst episode I've ever witnessed in my entire life, in my whole life. Because let, let's, I didn't finish it. Of course I didn't. I could not get through it. Neither Matt nor I, neither I nor Matt, neither Matt nor I, whatever. We couldn't get through it. We couldn't finish it. It was so painful. So the first painful, painful moment is when she's on the group date and she is sitting there and it takes them, rather than it taking two seconds for a guy to want to take her like and talk to her. It takes like four and a half seconds. And a guy says, Hey, can I take you aside? She goes aside with him and they're having a conversation. And she says like, you know, I am just like not the type of girl to let things go unsaid. 
And like, I need to go talk to those guys. So she walks back into the room. She berates these men for not like chomping at the bit to take her on a date. And she scolds them. And she says, if you guys just want to have like bro time, like I can go to bed. Like I can, like, it's the most, I, I can't even believe that somebody thought that was a good idea. Like I, I just have to tell myself that these are producer like encouraged, like they, they told her that she should do that or something, because I think that they are desperate for ratings. It's COVID season. It's 2020. Everyone's struggling. They're like, how can we milk this for all it's worth? Let's make it the weirdest season ever. That's, that's what I just have to keep telling myself. So she gets mad at these guys. They all like pretend to stand up for her or, or, or yeah, whatever. It's just this weird thing. Dale, Dale, am I right? Dale, what's up with Dale? Probably 300 of you sent me the pictures of Dale modeling for like Party City or whatever it is. He does like Halloween costume modeling, which is incredible. I mean, that's incredible. I love that. So they have like a little moment, whatever. She gives the rose to somebody else, blah, blah, blah. Next, she goes on a one-on-one date. This one-on-one date, you guys, it was, it was criminal. It was the worst thing ever because I referenced this on my Instagram story. It felt like the Be the Change program. Now, if you did not do the Be the Change program in high school, let me give you a rundown of what it is. So, first of all, it's this husband and wife, which they might be siblings. I don't know. They've got a weird dynamic going on. I don't know what their names are. Let's call them Mark and Vivian. That just feels right. She felt like a Viv. Mark and Vivian come into high schools. They tell the teachers to pick out the kids that they think are struggling, which right there, right off the bat, major red flag to just pick them out, pick out the kids that are struggling. What does that even mean? Okay, so then they you go during like fourth period or something. You're in the gym. There's like 60 other kids in there with you. I was a I just I like this is not necessary, but I do feel like I should say it. I was not supposed to go and I just went anyways because my t- I was like in a I was like a TA or something and I was like oh hey can I go to this cuz I thought it was like a like a s- inspirational speaker which my 16 year old self really needed so I went little did I know what I was getting myself into okay so Mark and Viv they run this program first of all it's it's teachers and students who do it together okay it's not like all the kids hanging out so teachers are there with you and they start you off by you play games you play like progressively weirder games. You start off by playing like, I don't know, like tag or not tag, like musical chairs. And then they ramp it up. And then you start playing musical chairs, but you sit on each other's laps. I swear I'm not making this up, you guys. You literally sit on each other's laps. Like they, like you are the chair and other people are playing. Teachers are included in this. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? Like there was a girl who had to sit on her male teacher's lap to play this game. Do you get how illegal this feels? So then they break down these walls is what they say. Then they have you play a game where if you've seen the movie Freedom Riders, it's similar to that. You stand on a line. They read things out loud. Like if you, you know, if your parents never graduated college, take a step forward. If you you know, whatever. If you've been around drugs, take a step, like just extremely personal information that they want you to divulge like right away to mm, a bunch of strangers essentially because of like in the, in the spirit of uh, breaking down walls is what they're saying and getting to know each other. So here's the thing. My 
neither of my parents graduated uh, college. My mom dropped out when she went to marry my dad and my dad was playing baseball at the time. So neither of my parents graduated. Like that, they ask that question for real. Like if neither of your parents graduated college, take a step forward. So they take a step forward. Also, they ask another question. If like any of your siblings, they talk about your siblings. If any of your siblings have done this, 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 or this, take a step forward. I swear when I took a step forward, Vivian came up to me, hugged me, cried in my face. She was like, you can be different than your parents. I was like, I don't want to be different than my parents. What are you talking about? But because I had taken a step forward that said neither of my parents graduated college, she thought I was from like a really tough situation. She kissed me on the cheek while crying. I felt her tears on my face. I was like, okay, this is getting weird. So then after that game, they separate you into like groups of like five. And you're just supposed to tell everything bad that happened to you. That's what they want you to do. They want you to just literally sit there and divulge all of your secrets. I was like, okay, I like as somebody who grew up really normally, I didn't have a whole lot to share. So I was literally like making stuff up. And then these kids are like who have things that they need to deal with and they need, that they need to talk to counselors or therapists about are just telling their secrets to like five of their classmates. I, I'm not even just going on a tangent here, guys. This really happened. It was the most bizarre. Like when I was in there, I was like, yeah, this is good. We're really get, we're really breaking down these walls. We really are being the change. And then I stepped foot outside of there and I was like, oh yeah, we're never going to talk to each other again. So now I just know that that kid's dealing with this and that kid's going through this and she's going through this and they're not getting any help or any support and we're just supposed to live our lives as normal, knowing all of these things and having sat on my English teacher's lap. Okay, it's weird, right? So the reason I went through all of that is because that's what this date felt like. Claire and What's-His-Face's date, which by the way, I... He is a serial killer for sure. He is weird. I don't know his name, but he got I got real Ted Bundy vibes from him. Like they sat down and she was like, I want you to write down every flaw you have. And his flaws were not like, they were not, not minor. They were not minor. It was like, people tell me that I'm cold, that I can't love, that I'm manipulative, that I'm a terrible person, that I should never be able to date anybody ever again. And Claire's like, you just rip that up and you become somebody new after today. I was like, this is giving me serious Vivian vibes. That was what Vivian said. And then the weirdest part is that Claire had her dress from her Juan Pablo season, which by the way, now I watch the Juan Pablo season and I like laugh at the time I was really mad. But when he, she's like, I don't even want to be with you. And he's like, okay, <laughs> it's so funny. Anyway, she kept her dress from that night and she makes this guy stand with her at the fire and burn her dress and then like commit to a better life. So they go through all of this together. This guy definitely doesn't win. So now he just did all of that on national TV and we just know this stuff. And now we just move on. What was that? What was that date? Who in their right mind, qualified Claire to deal with that. Not deal with it. Like, not that it's like hard for her. Like, she obviously thought of it and was like, yes, I want this to be on the show. Anyways, pure weirdness. 
then she gets all mad. She gets all in a fuss because some guy told her she was beautiful. The best part, <laughs> the best part of this is that Claire so obviously wants people to compliment her like so bad because when she's talking, I'm sorry, I don't know any of the guys names. I just don't care. But when she's talking about one guy and she's like, I know I'm not the youngest. I know I'm not the prettiest. I know I'm not the skinniest. Like no girl says that unless they really, really, really need a compliment. And then when the first guy is like, I just think you're beautiful. She's like, that is not what I stand for. That is not why I'm here. I'm not just pretty. I am this, 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 and this. I'm pretty sure she sends him home because he called her beautiful. And then literally the next scene, she's making the men play strip dodgeball. That's not a joke. Literally strip dodgeball. She just got so pissed that somebody called her beautiful. And now she is making the men take off their clothes. Like, I know that that double standard does not normally exist in that direction, but I think that if you wouldn't make the women do it, you shouldn't make the men do it. I'm not entertained by strip dodgeball because it's dudes. I feel just as weird about it that it's men as I would if it were women. Like, that is not cool to me. It's not a cool idea. It's not clever, funny, sexy, anything. Like, I just, I, I think this week Claire leaves. I'm pretty sure she picks Dale and they like run away together, which by the way, like, let's cut the act. They definitely were talking before the show. Nobody picks somebody that randomly, especially because when Dale got out of the car, she's like, oh my gosh, I knew it. I knew it. There's my husband. Like, no, no, you you knew that beforehand. You looked him up. You talked to him on social media. You knew it. Okay. Oh, again, that, that's my bachelorette review. Maybe I'll make it through a full episode this week, but not likely. Once Tasha gets in here, I will revisit that idea. But as of right now, it is zero out of 10. Do not recommend. Okay. Um, all right. Well, there, there, those were like my rants for the day. And now I want to get into a very controversial topic. You know, I just, I didn't know if I was ready for this. I didn't know if you guys were ready for this. I didn't know if we were going to be able to handle it as a group. But I think that in honor of our last October episode, I think that it is necessary to give you an official ranking of Halloween treats. This feels very important to me. This feels very personal to me. If you have different opinions, please keep them to yourself. I don't want to offend anybody with my stances, but I just think it's, I think this is something we need to get into the universe. So I have a list of what I decided to be the 13 most popular Halloween treats. Could there be other ones in here? Sure. There's other like themed candies, themed cereals, whatever. I tried to go with the most popular ones on the internet, <laughs> on Pinterest. When you look up Halloween treats, I tried to look up the ones that were the most popular. So let's start with the bottom and we will work our way up to the top. So the very bottom, the very bottom of the bucket, the worst type of Halloween treats are those bananas that they put eyes on and like they look like ghosts. Do you know do you know what I'm talking about? Like they cut the banana in half and they had two eyeballs in a mouth and it looks like a little ghost. No. I don't like fruit treats. Okay, that's not a treat. That's not what no. I don't want that. And, and on the same level is when people make like peel mini oranges and then they put a little green thing on top and they make them look like pumpkins. Like no, I will eat fruit on my own time. When I want a Halloween treat, don't give me a banana. Don't give me a banana ever. Probably ever. Like that's something I need to choose for myself. Okay. Um, so that's number 13. Fruits. 
fruits are just a big no for me. I mean, I like fruit, but I, I want to eat them like in the morning with my yogurt, not like party time on Halloween. Okay, number 12, apple pie. You guys know how I feel about warm fruit. Don't come with don't come at me and say you can eat it cold. I know you could eat it cold. I don't want to eat it cold or hot. I don't like soggy, mushy fruit. I'm not even that big of a fan of puff pastry, so the crust isn't even that good. Every now and again, I've had a delicious apple pie, and that's like one in probably 35. So apple pie, lower tier. Next. Uh, number 11, we've got candy apples. Has anybody ever eaten a candy apple on purpose? Or ever at all? I don't know anybody who has enjoyed a candy apple. That should actually maybe be at the very, very bottom. Because truly, why? Why would you ever eat a candy apple? It's not delicious. It's the worst way to eat a sugary apple, for sure. Even worse than pumpkin pie or apple pie. So I'm going to move that down to number 12 and then move apple pie up to number 11. I still would rather eat a candy apple than a banana with ghost eyes. Okay, number 10, pumpkin pie. Squishy, not here for the texture. Flavor's not bad. I don't like the, like, nah, you guys know the texture that I'm talking about. And it's only good when it's like ice cold. So it's good for like probably four and a half minutes. And then it gets a little bit too room temp for me. Um, Next, number nine, we've got candy corn. I don't hate candy corn. I'm not here for candy corn. I mean, I definitely don't look forward to it. But if there's a jar of it, I'll grab a handful and I will eat them color by color. I will munch the white, then the yellow, then the orange. And I'm I'm not mad about it. Those colors might have been mixed up. It might go yellow, orange, white. I can't remember. But I don't really care for candy corn, but I'm not a hater. I feel like anybody who hates candy corn, like, really needs to talk about it. Like, they really need to let you know how much they hate candy corn. Like, just don't, don't eat it. Nobody cares. Okay, number eight is caramel corn. I love caramel corn unless... It's in a ball or a hand. Let me let me explain that. I hate candy or caramel corn balls. You guys know what I mean. They serve them at parties as favors. I don't like it. And then a really popular Halloween trend is that you put them in gloves and so they come out as a hand. I don't want to eat a conglomeration of caramel corn. I want to eat it piece by piece. Don't give me a hand of caramel corn. I will... I will put it somewhere that you don't want me to put it, okay? That's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I meant by that, but uh, I know listening back on that, it's not going to sound good. Okay, number seven, we've got apple cider. Hot or cold, I'm pretty good with apple cider. I like a good ref- refreshing fall beverage. Uh, Trader Joe's actually has a great spiced apple cider, and then you they have like a pumpkin ginger beer and they're a great little combo with some whipped cream on top. I'm very into that. Number six, caramel apples. Caramel apples are clearly the superior sweet apple, you know, to candy apples. Nobody eats candy apples. Caramel apples, yes. Top tier caramel apples are the apple pie caramel apples. Those are the best. Caramel, white chocolate, cinnamon sugar. Yes, I did not know that most people just eat like a piece or two of those because I eat three in one sitting. Love caramel apples. Number five. Okay, we're to our top five of the official ranking of Halloween treats, which for some reason just really felt like the most important thing I could talk about today. And yeah, it just, it was. Okay, we're in the top five. Number five, Halloween Oreos. 
Yes, orange cream filling. I love when people cut a cookie in half and put them in the side and make them little bats. I like that. I really do like that. I I appreciate a bat Oreo, but I love Halloween Oreos. Number four, pigs in a blanket shaped like mummies. I hope this is giving you some good inspiration for your Halloween parties coming up. Pig in a blanket may be the most underrated food in America. Why are we not eating those every single night? The pre-made dough and a cocktail weenie? Yes, absolutely. Yes. You leave a little space, put a couple eyes, looks like a mummy. Yes. How many times can I say yes in this ranking? Probably a lot. (laughs) Number three. Where's my number three? Oh, the unmistakable deliciousness of Halloween-shaped Reese's. There is something about the ratio to peanut butter and chocolate that is just superior in the shaped Reese's. I don't know how to explain it. It's the same thing with the Christmas Reese's and the egg Reese's at Easter. They're just, there's something that's better than the regular Reese's. So those are number three. Number two, spice donuts. Spice donuts. I would give my life for a spice donut. What? Oh, man, I don't have a whole lot to say about them because I'm I'm feeling a lot. I'm feeling a lot of things about them. But the only thing in my book that beats a spice donut is God tier pumpkin chocolate chip bread. That is an unbeatable fall treat, in my humble opinion, which is also correct. Pumpkin chocolate chip bread is the best fall treat. So if you needed any inspiration for anything, I just gave you the rundown of all of the best treats. I want to make l- all of these. Well, I want to make the top six, seven. I would make the top seven. The bottom six, I can definitely do without. I just, I love how excited everybody is for Halloween. Obviously, I'm on that train too. I get, I love all holidays, but especially like the, you know, the big three, as I call them, maybe the big four, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. I don't know if you really count New Year's as a big holiday, but I love the holidays. And I feel like people get really excited for the fall, really excited for Halloween, really excited for the festivities. But people are kind of cranky about Christmas. Why is that? People are very like, if I started celebrating Halloween a month ago, people would not feel weird about it. But if you start celebrating Christmas too early, people get all up in arms about it. I don't know. I don't like that judgment. I don't like that hierarchy of holidays that we should get excited for because I personally love all holidays and I don't, well, actually, I want to make sure, oh, where's my phone? Hold on. I want to make sure. Oh, found it. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. So a follower, Meg, Meg Richardson, she said for the month of of November, for a Thanksgiving themed episode, we should do an ungrateful list. We should do all of the things that we're not grateful for this year. Because like, I get it. We all know the things we should be grateful for. They're great. They're happy. They're bright. But like, let's, let's, you guys know, I like to create a little, a little negativity in your lives. So we, I will make sure we do that. And then I don't know what we're going to do for the month of December, but it is going to be cheerful and we're all going to have fun and it's going to be a good time. And nobody's going to judge each other for putting up their Christmas tree early or listening to Christmas music early, because guess what? I've said it once and I'll say it again. The holidays are all we have left of 2020. Okay. We have nothing else. We have literally nothing else to give. 
I like 2020 has taken everything. It's taken every bit of joy from our lives. So if that means that we are going to celebrate every single holiday with the most uh, enthusiasm as possible, that's what we're going to do. So I hope you make all of the Halloween treats. I hope you get pumped for our themed uh, months to come. And yeah, I think there was something else that we needed to talk about. Why do I feel like there was something else? Oh, this was a random, this was a random thing somebody asked me to talk about. The movie Tenet. <laughs> they said, can you talk about the movie Tenet? Colin, what the hell? <laughs> Guys, do you think I can explain to you what the movie Tenet is about? Absolutely not. I have no idea what happened. Like literally no clue. I couldn't even begin. I, I can barely even tell you who was in it let alone what happened. Matt has seen it probably 15 times and he loves it and he loves the music and whatever. I kind of don't believe him that he loves it, but whatever. And he keeps telling me to go see it again and like maybe I'll get it this time around. But no, I feel like it was just made to confuse us. Like I feel like that's its draw is that everybody's just as confused as possible. It felt a lot like 2020 went in with really high hopes, came out more confused than ever. Didn't know what I did, didn't know where the time went. It was somehow extremely long, but also kind of short. It was just, it's a whole mix of emotions and I am not the person to explain it to you. So uh, if you need any other movie reviews, (laughs) let me know. Obviously I'm extremely gifted in, uh, in cinema. So let me know what I can do for you if you need any other movies explained. Um, a movie that I'm really good at explaining. Oh, actually, a movie that I'm really not good at explaining. This is just a random little fun fact about me. I'm really bad at uh, like predicting twists in movies. They always catch me off guard. I've never once watched a movie and like not been surprised. Even like in Frozen, like I didn't know that the bad guy was Hans. I think I maybe have said this before, but I'm just reiterating it. Like there are some movies that I watch like kids movies and I still don't get them. Like I just think I'm getting dumber and dumber and dumber. Like Frozen 2, no idea what happened. Not one single clue. I could not tell you. I've seen it like three times. I have no idea. There's another movie like that that's a kids movie that I cannot explain. I'll let you know when I think of it. But uh yeah, no, like I'm just I'm just stupid. I used to really really care about that stuff and now I'm like I don't get it. Okay, well, there's uh, the random facts for Maddie. Thank you for letting me just kind of just be extremely disjointed. And I promise next week we will get into more focused topics. We will, you know, have the weekly questions again. We are definitely going to do an ungrateful episode. And I hope that you guys feel how much I love you, even when my episodes are all over the place and I'm just talking about random crap from everything. I hope you know that it just means the world to me that you guys even take five seconds to listen. And thank you for being here, for caring, for buying sweatshirts. Oh, I was going to say there will be new sweatshirts, hopefully within the next, I don't want to be too confident, but I do want to say maybe in the next two weeks. So keep an eye out for that. My Instagram will have them. Well, actually, no, my Instagram will not have them first. I will announce them first in the podcast. I want to make sure that the people who listen to my podcast right away get rewarded and they know first. So listen to the podcast for updates on merch and everything like that. So thank you for humoring me with this weird episode. I love you more than anything. Have a great week. Bye.